back to the Vet SOS podcast brought to you by the Who You Know Network. Remember, don't drown to see a transition. Grab the Vet SOS Lifeline. Eric, I am pumped. I am pumped. We got we got the one and only Hope White with us here today. We know she's going to be dropping some bombs. We know it. Eric, how are you doing today? Dude, I am so good. I Look, I'm, I had to raise my desk for this one because I knew I was going to be doing the dance and I was going to be pumped up because, I, man, this is... This is one of my favorite people on this planet. This is my big sister. I am super, so, so excited she's here. All right, let's go, man. You, you take it off. Take it off. Go, Sean. I have a feeling I'm not going to be talking at all today. <laughs> I don't get to talk to Eric enough. That's what happens when you want to talk to me when you don't. You yep. finally see each other. You talk too long. Right. About halfway through this, I'm just going to walk away, go get some <laughs> coffee, come back. You guys will still be talking. It's all good. All right, so Hope White is an entrepreneur and expert on the federal hiring process with a deep passion for helping others. With many years of experience in the Army, federal government, and corporate America, Mrs. White displays a broad understanding of human resources, research, disability, equity, inclusion, accessibility, and belonging. In addition to her federal job, she spends her time public speaking and conducting leadership training, seminars, and workshops for individuals that need guidance. Hope's mission is in giving hope to others. For 30 years, Hope has provided business consulting, assistance, and civilian federal resumes, individual coaching, instructor-led training, career development strategies for corporate and federal employees, and transitioning military and veterans. Hope White is an optimist who promotes hopeful speaking, thinking, and action. And I think anybody that has ever had contact with Hope knows that that is understated completely, and she has the ability to really make you think and look at your world around you. Hope, we're so glad you're here with us today. How are you doing today? I am wonderful, and I'm, I'm listening to that. And that's not exactly the information I gave my daughter. She, this is what she thinks of me. Oh. Uh, <laughs> a lot of us think of you. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, yeah, she, she is not alone in, in her uh, her thinking. I, I will definitely agree with Eric on that one. So tell us briefly uh, a little bit about your background. How did you, how did you get to where you are now? What what made you you know start looking at the veteran transition space and, and, and doing those types of things? What led you to that world? Well, that started a long time ago with my dad. My dad was in the National Guard. And um, I would go to drill with him. Oh. And so uh, it was an interesting situation. He was the only black man in the whole, in the whole unit. And, um, but somehow it all worked out okay. No one did anything to him, said anything negative. And then I was there quite a bit. Um, most of the gentlemen in that unit were functional illiterates. So part of my job, they used to have these yellow correspondence books you take the classes to get points. <laughs> it was my job to read those to everybody and then hand out the little sheets and then package everything back up and make sure it got in the mail. Um, uh, I, I knew I was going into the Army because I loved every moment cleaning the, the tanks and my fingers were just big enough I could just like pop out the, anyway, I, I have weapons. I should. I touch weapons. I shouldn't have touched. This is being recorded. I can't talk anymore. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I loved it. I loved it. I loved the camaraderie. I, I, I just loved it. And they, um, I learned how to spit shine boots and 
how your uniform should be perfectly crisp. And my dad did his own uniforms, you know, old school, two hours. And um, and that's kind of why even at my first job at Burger King, I was the only one with like a crisp uniform. Because my dad's like, you better never wear a filthy uniform. Because people would like get there and pull it out of their bag from yesterday, not even clean. And um, it just stuck with me. I always knew. And one of the things that, that those guys had in common is that they all had low-income jobs. They all had pretty much large families. Um, and they had no education. And so um, a lot of them worked at plants and um, different things around where I'm from, Buffalo. And um, it just it just seemed like they should have more for all the stuff they were doing. I only saw the weekend version of the military. And, um, you know, they were called up back then. It, there were no executive orders calling people up to help with disasters anywhere. And so all of those people, they never got any real benefits at all. My dad had his pension. That's all. He couldn't go to the VA. Mm. All he could do <laughs> is get his pension. And that's not what they sold us because I was there when those people would come in and talk about, you know, staying longer, you know, when you retire, all these things are there. Um, and, you know, we just had no way of knowing, but it was a form of deception almost because in the National Guard, that's just none of the things that they're saying could have even been possible even back then in terms of rewards and if you stay longer. It was just a carrot. That's wow. why I hate carrots to this day. But that is where everything started with me thinking about, well, gosh, we're a family of five. Some of those guys had, they, they worked on farms. They had a lot of kids. And um, what that meant was our homes weren't stable. So then that's where I started thinking about, wow, hmm. if he would go active duty, number one, we would probably be stable. But I knew he would never do that because he had an identical twin and they could not be apart. Hmm. And so I knew that would never happen because I would always say, you know, you can change all of this in an instant. <laughs> you know, why aren't we active duty? Um, and so, yeah, that's where it all started for me, understanding how veterans have to cope and deal with things. Wow. That is not the first time I've heard your story, Hope. And every time I'm left I'm just speechless. I, I love I love how I, I love how you paint the picture of where your heart started. Oh, I know. I know that's because that was my first contact with the military. I remember the first day I went there, even the coat that I was wearing. Wow. <laughs> I remember too much. <laughs> but no, that that's it. That's the beginning of everything. And that I started doing all this research in the library and it, it it was like, oh, it's not just us. Oh, this is what happens. And I would ask the librarian, you know, you know, can you give me information about different? I didn't want to know about the wars. I didn't care about the wars. I cared about what was the follow-up. Was did anyone look at them after they came back? And so that started a, a long process of borrowing books from other libraries, interlibrary loan. Hey. Remember, it's before the internet. <laughs> Interlibrary load. And no, they had they had all of this information. It didn't matter what country, what army. There were some things that were, oh, 
And the, the thing that keeps us going, doesn't matter the war, the situation, was always a mission after the fact, taking care of your family, basic things, employment, having a job to get up every morning, put your clothes on, leave the house, do something productive, have a paycheck to bring home and take care of your family. It was really simple. I was like, I read all of that for what? <laughs> Somebody could have probably told me, like, it's just a job. If, if we can get jobs, you know, that one to three year gap there that things can go haywire, they won't go haywire. Yeah. So my dad served 33 years, six months, and I think it's 13 days. And even though he had dementia, he could tell you that all the time. Dad, how long did you serve in the army? How long did you serve in the army, Dad? Like this is, you know, I would always, because it's the only when someone has dementia like that, because we went through all of the stages. Um, you know, you you have to have these baseline questions that you ask them, that you establish them earlier on, and that's how you can tell how far back they can remember. But his military stuff always confused everything because he always remembered it. What unit were you in? What happened when you went to Alaska? You know, this this is what I would ask him to get conversation, get him out of his head. He could tell me all of that stuff right up until the end. He could tell me all that stuff. I love it. So, yeah. okay, so your story is, first and foremost, a powerful one. I love the way you tell it. How... Tell us about where you're at now. Tell us about hopeful speaking. I, I, this is what I want to dig into. I want to dig into the, the hopeful speaking stuff. Because this is the stuff that's really affected. I know it's the stuff that's personally benefited me, right? You were one of my first mentors. Oh, you have got to be kidding. Call me a mentor. <laughs> I like the big sister thing better. Am okay. I older than you? I think I am older than you. Not, no, you couldn't be. You don't look it. Well, oh, thank you. <laughs> I know I'm older than Eric. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I am too. <laughs> but um, so hopeful speaking is, uh, so I have to go back to my childhood again. You always have a business. You, you don't ever not have a business. Um, I grew up in a very large family and there was always work to be done. We didn't own our Saturdays and sometimes we didn't own our evenings because it was a family affair. What are we doing today? <laughs> um, and so to me, having a business is important because, uh, well, the obvious reason is a tax write-off, but also um, just to legitimize sometimes what you're doing. Um, so I, this is not my first business. It's the second. Um, the first one called, was called The Source um, Research and Consulting, and I did a lot of research. I got caught up in a lot of research. Um, to the point that I had to share my my request with people, um, mainly because I did one speaking engagement at the library here for someone who's in uh, who was in local government, and she wanted to have this big thing for business owners. And I was like, okay, well, I'll just put something together on all the free stuff you can get as a business owner. And that just spiraled. <laughs> um, so pretty much anything that I do is out of just solving a problem. So the reason why I had the source research and consulting was simply to um, get people to understand at the time <laughs> that if you intelligence, knowledge, information can make everything better. And so I started really with uh, church consulting. 
Uh, that's where I started. I didn't know that's what I was doing, but that's what I was doing. And even my coaching started with that. I helped one person who told another person, and then um, they were some. Is that me? I think that's me. <laughs> oh, Saturday cleaning. I love it. <laughs> can can someone come here? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I love that. But um, but really, it's just solving problems. So with hopeful speaking, the second one. Um. I did it mainly because I had been doing everything for free for so long and um, it had been explained to me <laughs> by certain people that I really need to do better. I need to start charging. If you can, if you can have a conversation with someone for an hour and get them a six figure job, <laughs> maybe they should pay you something. Uh, and then I wasn't even comfortable with that for a while. Not, it wasn't until last year that I really charged anybody and I needed a whole group think to even get me there. Um, but really, it, the first problem I wanted to solve was, well, the employment problem. And I came into the military in 92, Desert Storm at the end. And so I went to basic training, got injured. So I had no choice but to go into the reserves. Thank God I had, I couldn't figure out what I wanted to do. So I started drilling with the unit. Thank God for that, because they already kicked me out of the military. And my sergeant was the one that was like, oh, just train her, send her back. And so in the unit, they were all just coming back from Desert Storm, and a lot of them did not have jobs. And so my sergeant was like, you, go over there, help them get jobs. I was like, what do you want me to do? Just go. Uh, and, and so he has that influence over me. I spoke with him yesterday, and it's still like I'm 20. It's still like I'm 20. You don't call your sergeant anymore? So, so it started with, you know, the typewriter, the IBM typewriter, doing some resumes for people. And um, that was very effective. And then one guy asked me about the federal government. I was like, I have no clue. And so I started doing research and bothering people at CDC and sending lots of emails to put pieces together. I spent a lot of time on the OPM website. And I sent so many messages. I didn't work at CDC at the time. <laughs> But I sent so many messages to their little box that they assigned me a gentleman in the career development department to answer all my questions. And um, I know he's awesome. He, he's awesome. I still have him on speed dial just in case. So when I'm talking, I'm like, this is like 93. <laughs> this, this is a long time ago. And so once the pieces started to fall, I was like, okay, I think I have an idea. But then I had to figure out a way to explain it. Um, so that I'm understood. That was the hardest part. So there's certain words I always use. I, I will always phrase it that way because that's the way it works. Um, so it was all about jobs in the beginning. And then I start seeing other little problems like um, people losing their jobs because they don't understand. They transition out. And then, I oh, the other part of it is in Metro Atlanta, a lot of people knew me. So I would have different I can't even call them events. It's like, okay, we're all gonna meet at Panera. <laughs> we, you know those people who come in and get all the tables? So one half of the table we're doing claims and the other half of the table we're working on different kinds of resumes and uh, drag my little kids in, it's terrible. <laughs> but, um, and then it got more organized because um, when I was at CDC contracting, then I could get a, I could get a conference room. <laughs> 
and say everyone don't show up at my desk i, I have no problem helping you but I, i'm actually working now <laughs> and so just trying to organize it which led to me creating the military veteran professional group there um, because we really needed to have it more structured and so i had people coming in from the community from the va um, the veterans benefits administration the health administration um, people, no one from the cemetery, because nobody ever wanted that. No one voted on the cemetery. People don't bring those in. But um, another problem that we have is we get all these, we get all of these certifications on our way out, and no one talks to us about what we have to do to maintain it. And so I was constantly finding people who were at the last minute, you know, trying to get their PDUs or CEUs, and they would choose the wrong organization. You know, they would think that this was legitimate. But then when they would go back to the association, they would not accept them because of the institution. And mm -hmm. so it's like, well, how can I find? So about four years, I look for the answer because I am I can do that. Four years, I'm going to find it. I did find it. Um, and so I have a hopeful speaking website that you can go into. And basically, I, I ask for the cheapest prices all the time. I ask for coupons. And they don't really like me, probably, because I'm always, this is what they started doing. I asked for a new price, so they slashed through the, the real price. And so I'll never make any money off of it, but it's there. Um, everything is legitimate. So no matter which organization, this is the company that actually built their systems. And so it's on point. Spend your $2.99 and get you get a whole year. I give everybody a year, which they don't like that either. You need to get them commit to finish it. And everyone doesn't have time to, to do something, an extra class in a month. So then I ask for the longest on everything. And so that's built. But it's pretty much just solving problems. With the whole thing about not knowing how to behave in the workplace, um, my answer to that was we need some soft skills training. Um, I've done a lot of training in my time. And so what training? And where can I find good curriculums that I don't have to create because I've been creating them for so long because a lot of stuff I do is just not out there. Nobody's going to have a federal whatever class I'm teaching. And so curriculum is my favorite thing. Um, and so I could not find anybody for years, but I found a company in Canada. And then I stalked them because one of the package, one of the trainings was $500. I was like, okay, I'm starting. Um, okay. Uh, I need, I'll start with two, but which two? <laughs> and then it kept adding more and more. And I kept sending messages and messages saying, have you changed this? Has this? <laughs> and the lady that I was reaching out to um, mentioned to the owner of the company about me. <laughs> I was going through one of my weeks of asking her questions. And this is, this is five years, okay? So I wasn't stalking them, but I knew exactly where I wanted to get things from. So, you know, the first email is, do you give a military discount? You know, <laughs> what can we do? And so in the end, I, I got an email from the president of the company. It was on my birthday. And he basically said, I've heard about you. <laughs> I, I'm going to offer you a discount. I'm going to offer you um, a payment plan because you're a small business. And you, you can choose what you want. I, I said, I want all the soft skills training. Because the other one was computers. I don't care about that. Um, and so that began my relationship with the company. And now I have 496 of them. Wow. I know, because they just kept giving me more and more. And so, you know, and that's why I started to share them. 
you know, I have the license for on, you know, we can do it online, we can do it in the classroom. As long as my company name is at the bottom for copyright, um, we're good to go. So I've been sharing them. There's several people now that, um, you know, they were in transition. It's like, well, to establish yourself as a, whatever the thing is they're doing, why don't you take this, this training and go do something with it? And um, they've been able to do some things with it because it's very good content. Um, so, so again, everything is to solve a problem. Bad behavior needs some training. You know, I can't take someone's hand and go, stop doing that. <laughs> but I can give a nice training class where I convince them to do what they're supposed to do because they're making us all look bad. Hold on, can I just, can I just drop that? <laughs> bad behavior needs some training. <laughs> you know, in the dictionary, your picture has to be next to the word persistence. I mean, oh, absolutely. Just, I mean, the fact that you got assigned your own person from the federal government to, to enter <laughs> your emails. The president of another company contacts you saying, I've heard about you. <laughs> you know, because stalking us for these years. That's that's just amazing. And um no doubt it, it stems from you know the story you told us with your your childhood and you know starting the research and, and doing all that. You you have a passion for it and you're damn good at it. I mean that that is something that a lot of people don't like to do. Uh, so that, that's definitely um, impressive. Um, it's just me. It's nothing impressive going on. Uh, I just love, I love libraries. It's probably why I end up being a corporate librarian. I absolutely love it. Um, if you, someone can ask you a question and you can give them what they need when they need it, gold it. Tell them to go look in the microfiche. <laughs> Do not don't look down on microfiche. Oh, it no, served its I, purpose. I've, I've written many <laughs> Now, you know, I, I think that we all have um, things that have happened in our past growing up that significantly influenced um, what we're doing now. For me, I don't know. I was just telling, oh, I'm getting too, I'm getting too familiar because I know you too much. I'm saying Sunday things. I'm going to look at Eric. <laughs> I was just talking about, uh, you know, what am I going to do next? You know, that's my big question. Um, I have been dealing with the dilemma of I, I am what I call a reluctant success. And you know whose fault it is, Sean? It's Eric's fault. I believe that. <laughs> what I knew? Eric's fault. Because you found me that day on LinkedIn. <laughs> and then the next day you sent Bruce by way. And then after that, there's a whole, I had 318 connections. And uh, we agreed that he was just, that Bruce was just going to, Bruce Thompson, he's going to send out, you know, my little schedule that I created. But that's not what he did. And by the time I dug out, I had over 2,000 connections. And, um, and what I, it's what I already, I always knew is that, well, yeah, more people need this, but I'm here in Metro Atlanta. I never thought to go online. That, again, was my sergeant. Are you still doing the thing? The thing is <laughs> helping better. Uh, well, no, it's COVID. I'm at home. Go on, go online. Go on that thing. You know what the thing is, but I knew what he meant. And so that's what I did. And, you know, I, I talked to my husband. I'm spending more money. 
I'm, t- I'm looking at you. I'm sorry. So anyway. you, you say you're a reluctant success, all right? Yes. But Get me back on track. Eric, I know it's been a minute since you've been on a Vets Industry uh, networking event, but when Hope comes on, the entire event stops. That's a fact. And they announce Hope as coming so, on. <laughs> I have to defend myself just a little bit here. And, and, and Hope, you might be reluctant success, but I'm going to tell you that from a veteran standpoint, as your brother, right, you're a necessity because the heart that you drive with, the passion that you lead with, the, the way that you get in and help us out, help our family out, our community is like nothing I've really seen. It's why I believed in connecting you to Bruce. It's why we wanted to get you over to Vesta Industry. And now, Sean, you're right. When she gets on, it just stops because you're captivating and you're – I, this is the least questions we've ever asked on, on the show. Like we just, okay, go ahead, Hope, take it over. You know, we'll just sit back and let you talk because, because you do, because what you share is so valuable, right? So let's talk about sharing. I want to get into, and Sean, if it's okay with you, I want to get into Alfredo's coffee house a little bit. Let's talk about that, Hope. Let's talk about your role there. Let's talk about what's going on. Uh, so I saw Alfredo, that's the industry. And um, through a series of events, I was like, this guy's got to do this. I didn't even know what this, I didn't know what it was. I didn't know what it was going to be. I just know he needed to be on Zoom with me and we needed to create this. I didn't even know what, I can't even say create a community, a space. I didn't know all that. I just knew I need to get this guy. And so he um, ducked me and, and said no a lot and and just stopped responding and I found his personal cell phone number <laughs> and I called him. And by the time we finished the conversation, he agreed. And I said, well, we're starting on Sunday. He was like, Sunday? I was like, yeah. When we need some prep? No, you just need to show up. That's what you need to do. And then we've just been showing up for, uh, I don't even, we, here's the thing. We don't even remember when we started. We don't have, we haven't hit, we, I mean, it has to be, I know it's more than a year. But I don't know if it's like a year and six months. We haven't celebrated a milestone. It's just every single Sunday, no matter what's going on in the world. Um, I've missed two. And that was just because I was in the hospital. Um, Otherwise, I would have been on it. I wanted to be on there, but I was a little drugged up. So I didn't know what that was. I mean, this is me without drugs. I have no (laughs) idea. Me and Alfredo in a room, God knows what happened. And Oh, here's the funny thing. When I was coming, when I had the surgery, and I was coming up. No, actually, before I even had the surgery, um, they gave me, what they give me? Uh, I can't, what is a very strong uh, drug? I can't remember like what it was. Percocet or Vicodin? Or... No, no, this is like before surgery. Like, oh, it like was morphine heavy. Or <laughs> morphine! And so I told my son, get, uh, uh-oh. <laughs> I told my son, get my phone and send this message to Alfredo. <laughs> so this is the message. I'm on morphine. <laughs> I was high, high, high. Uh, <laughs> that, that was the whole message. And I said, why didn't you respond? He said, I didn't know what was going on. <laughs> he was confused by the message. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. You know, once he agreed and we started, um, you know, we just agreed. We, we would both show up. I would advertise. I would get the word out. And um, between our networks and connecting all these different people and 
and that's what that's what it is. So what we do is, well, I don't know. It just depends on the Sunday. <laughs> I have no idea what the conversation is going to be about. Alfredo starts us off, but who knows where we're going to go. So my job is to put resources into chat. And, um, you know, if we're talking about something, we're talking about mental health, we're talking about careers, then I just try to find the appropriate thing. If we're talking about emotional, whatever we're talking about, I try to find the best thing I can from the best sources, of course, and, um, and so that people will have some more information when they leave. So that's, that's it. It's, it's become a community of support. Um, I didn't know what it would mean to me, but it's just, it was life-changing, completely life-changing. I thought I was good. I had my support system. No, I didn't, but I didn't know until I was there in that room and started meeting all these people and personalities and thoughts, and um, and it, it has transformed my life. The reason why I charge, the reason why I do X, I mean, a lot of things are driven from those, those conversations in that room. And during the week, um, my conversations and my phone are mostly to those people. <laughs> I mean, they know me extremely well, probably too well, um, you know, and, and I need that. I need to know I can pick up a phone and text or call. Um, and so that's why I want other people to feel that way. I feel completely supported. Um, even when I was being challenged by them to go out and, you know, do a LinkedIn Live and do more training and get out the house, um, they didn't just say that to me. They supported me. So my first event out of the house was with Brian Arrington. We went to the Student Veterans of America regional event here. And part of that's to do with my disability. So I knew he was there for me. And then I was there to help him with his disability. That's why everybody thought I was his secretary because I was keeping all his notes. <laughs> I was keeping all the notes and making sure that he got on the microphone. The lady was like, he's not scheduled. I was like, she is crazy. Does she think, <laughs> who's in charge? <laughs> <laughs> I gave her the chance. <laughs> and I was like, who's the director? And I explained to them, you need to put him on the microphone. Everyone here, um, they are over their chapters in this region. They need to know about Vesta Industry. They need to be pointing their people to Vesta Industry for all those resources on their library. And by the way, that, that whole library thing was my idea <laughs> a long time ago. I had planned to do that when my kids got older. And so when I found it, I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. So that's why I support it as much as I can and, and Brian as much as I can, um, because I, I'm glad I don't have to do that one. <laughs> Someone else is doing that. But I will support. And um, he comes on Sundays. And I, I thank God that he comes on Sunday because I can share with him all my thoughts <laughs> about everything that happened with Best Industry. Whereas before I used to be in the DMs with him and Bruce, I have a long string. Of <laughs> we need to do this, and how about that? Da, 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 da. And um, but now it's just you know text messages and phone calls and hanging out together. And so I don't I don't have a problem now going places because um, even online because I know someone's going to show up to support me. Yeah, That's... and when I see that, I feel so empowered. Like, <sighs> but one, you have an, an amazing eye or ear or whatever it is for. Um, all kinds of things. Like Alfredo has that personality. I mean, he's just larger than life personality. Yes, and he can facilitate a room amazingly. Yes, um, 
and the top I love from his LinkedIn posts is some some random thought to how does that apply to transition? And he ties it in beautifully to Every the time. conversations we have at the coffee house. Uh, does amazing things, and I applaud you for seeing that and getting him there because I know he's helping people. And, and mm-hmm. I say him, I mean both of you. I mean because you're as big a part of that as he is, uh, if not bigger. Not really. Yeah, yeah. Not really. yeah. <laughs> I'm causing most of the trouble. <laughs> it's like, like I, 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 when my wife and I are involved in stuff, I always say that I'm the pretty face out front because uh, I don't mind talking in front of people. You know, she's the brains behind the operation, and we all know that you're the brains behind the operation. Um, I, I told him from the beginning, you just need to show up. So I can't change that now. That's our contract. Yep. Just show up. I'll get the people there. I'll. What I remember. <laughs> so I, I have everything set up electronically to go out so that make people know. Okay, we're there again. It's Easter, but we're still here. <laughs> we're always here. So that's my job. But it's other people, you know, in that room to hear people talk. You know, see their profile, listen to what they're saying. It's like you could do so much more. You don't oh, know yeah. what you're bringing to the table. I mean, I say that too in all my classes because everyone's always, um, they just don't see themselves. And I love seeing people like, oh, you are incredible. You can yeah. really. Absolutely. So then I give them a process. And that's part of my KPMG world is best practice. There's a way to do everything that's successful. We don't always have to fail all the time. You know, people, oh, successful failure. We're going to fail at something. But there's some things we don't have to because there's been enough people who failed and wrote it up. <laughs> and, um, and so part of my job there as the Southeast Area Librarian was finding this. If they're on engagement somewhere and they want to know, well, how do we do X, Y, Z? It's my job to find the best practice and to share it with them. So uh, I still have all of that in my head. I'm waiting for someone to ask me if I can share it. <laughs> Well, that tells me hope we got to bring you on a second time because we we have, believe it or not, come down to time already. Um, and so we're going to have to bring you on just to ask you that question and let you share all that knowledge. I'm taking that note. <laughs> well, I, 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 I don't like to do things like this because, um, especially with people I know, <laughs> Sean, uh, because I, I talk too much about things I don't want to talk about. <laughs> I made three mistakes already. <laughs> Well, we are we're, we're down to the end. Um, mm-hmm. So, really, what would you like to leave the audience with? What's what's the one thing that you would tell them? What's, you know, as, as what's the zinger? What's the zinger? Here's yeah, the as zinger. It the transition. What is that one thing have, that you think they should know? I think that they should know two things mainly. You're not by yourself. You just got to reach out. And then the other thing is take care of your mental health because the mental health part is the reason why we lose people and relationships and jobs. And so if we're not getting ourselves together in our minds, then all that behavior that goes along with it, it oozes out out on other people and then no one wants to be around you. And um, that's the opposite of what we need. (laughs) And the other, we we have to stay connected. This is part one. Uh, We have to stay connected to other veterans. Um, it's one thing to have a spouse. They can't bear all of that, and they shouldn't have to. I like the fact I can say one word, excuse me, and you get it. I don't have to say anything else. That, you know, I can say one word, and um, I sent a me- I did that poll this week <laughs> for someone else. And uh, but I got so many 
comments in the DM. Oh, why would you put that in there? Why would you do that? And, and all I'm thinking is, I did that for him. So I can take whatever comes at me. And that's what all this is about. It's about this, these relationships that we build. We may not even, I've never met Eric Brooke in person, ever. But it doesn't matter. And so for years and years, I was like, what is that thing that I felt when I was at the unit with my dad? What is that thing I felt when I would walk somewhere and see somebody on with a hat on, says Army, and then my kids go, oh, no. Because <laughs> they know about the talk to them. What is that thing? And, and finally, guess, guess who gave me my words? It was Charlie. Because I talked to Charlie too much, probably. But Charlie said to me, Hope, it's just a family connection. And I was like, that's so powerful. He's like, it's just a family connection. But I have been wondering what that thing is my whole life. Like, what is that thing? You know, the, the unexplained thing, the connection, the instant connection that we have with one another. Yep, 100%. Yep. And that's what it is. And so if, if, and I would have to say that even within my family, which is big, I don't, we don't engage the way I do with everyone. Like in Alfredo's Coffee House, they don't have my address or my cell phone number. Wow. <laughs> no. Yeah, that, but that a is, lot of people who are in the veteran community do. <laughs> yep, I, I love that. That that is uh, definitely a great way to put it. Eric, you got any parting comments? Listen, I I'm going to say this, and this is this is as simple as I can make. It. Hope you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna love me, and you're gonna hate me for this. But audience, friends of mine, family, listen. If you're not connected to Hope, if you haven't followed her, if you aren't listening to the the vast knowledge that that just pours out of her mouth. If you are not getting involved with Alfredo's Coffee House, if you are not doing those things, you are missing out. Please, please connect with connect with Hope, connect with Alfredo, get in the ring, listen to these people. These people are so valuable and the, and the, and the nuggets and the things that they drop are just so, so valuable. So that's what I've got for you guys. Do not miss out on an opportunity to connect with Hope. Um, I just, I love this woman. She is my big sister. I love you, sis. Um, thank you for being here. It's an honor. So uh, yeah, that's what I've got, man. I'm going to say this one time and never again. Thanks for finding me on LinkedIn. I love you, sis. <laughs> so for the audience, I want to point out that we just did, had, you know, an amazing conversation with Hope, and we didn't even talk about federal resumes. Uh, one of probably one of the things she's most famous for. Yep. You know, so make sure you're, you're following her information's going across the bottom. You know, you reach out, follow make an appointment with her on her calendly, whatever you got to do. She's a wealth of information. And Eric, I don't even think you know this story, but just recently I've been talking about, you know, what's the future of Vet SOS going to look like? What are we going to do? Out of the blue, Hope calls me. She's DMing me and she calls me about Vet SOS. Telling, hey, reach business. out to this guy. Do this, our, you know, talk to this person. Our, this is our business. <laughs> I'm wearing the shirt too, Hope. <laughs> but the, the fact of the matter is it was something that through no prompting you felt a, a need and a desire to do it and I, it meant so much to me um it, to, to help me as i start to to navigate the next part of the, the, the this uh, mission we're doing so um you're just an amazing person you impact so many people and you know like i said it's always funny on the vets industry when you come on because literally everything stops and they start talking about hope it, it's really funny um <laughs> so so sean you should know this is the this is the biggest thing about me anybody can know is that 
I have been a Christian and I'm not saying like I've been a Christian, like people say it. I don't just don't, I just don't have another word for it. Believer, whatever, follower, um, since I was seven. And so um, through all the troubles in my life, I've had a wonderful life. I have things I don't deserve at all. But one of my favorite things to do is to pray for people. So I pray over the coffee. Everything that I do, I pray over it. And, um, and I believe that's why it's successful. only thing that will be successful on this planet is what you do for God. And so at any moment where my ego takes over or money or whatever the thing is, then it's going to all crumble and fall apart. So I like things that's, that's going to be consistent and that is successful and is changing lives. So the only way that ever happens is to get God involved. Because when you take him out of things, then we will. We know how that goes. So then I make sure. So I'm always praying for everybody. And then if I need to reach out to someone, that's what I do. Amen. It, even if I don't have the number, I will find the number. Yeah, I didn't know. know Hope had my number. We know. <laughs> All right. All right. So we, we've told you to connect with Hope or follow Hope. If you don't do it, you're doing it at your own peril. You need to you need to be following, at least checking out what she's doing. As always, we want to thank you all for tuning in today to the Vet SOS podcast. And remember, don't drown the sea of transition, but grab the Vet SOS lifeline. I love that.